Blog Talk Radio. You're listening to Wide Men Can't Jump on the Wide Men Radio Network, located at blogtalkradio.com slash widemencantjump and at widemencantjump.com. Here's the best pod in sports, bringing you all the NBA highlights, analysis, and even some college basketball analysis as well. This show is brought to you by the law offices of Stephen P. New and CamBay.com. You can find this show at iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find podcasts, as well at WideMenCan'tJump.com. Now let's go to the flagship program and this episode of Wide Men Can't Jump. That's right, we're back once again, and this is the eve of the biggest March extravaganza that we've all been waiting for. The NCAA tournament is set upon us. We have the final two play-in games tonight, if you're listening live, and tomorrow, Thursday, March the 21st, all the madness begins. Joining me right now is my co-host and cohort, the man, the myth, the legend, that is the one and only from the great white court, Tim Dom Rope. Good day, Nate. How's it going? Still alive. Still alive. As is my I bracket because because the tournament hasn't started. Talk to me in two days, and I'll probably be upset and have crumbled it up and threw it away. But, Tim, one thing I will say, it is the first weekend of the NCAA tournament, and it's the greatest betting event of the year. Whether you like filling out a bracket, picking a national champion, predicting first-round upsets, or all of the above, my bookie is the perfect home for your March Madness fund. Will Zion Williamson and his teammates cement their legacy at Duke with a title? Can Virginia get past its loss to a 16th seed of UNBC last year? Can Kentucky get back to the Final Four? If you know the answers, or even if you don't, my bookie is the place to get in on the action. They have something for everyone, even you, multiple bracket guys. My bookie has been in business for years. Their goal is to give you the best customer service in the business. And the best part is they pay out when you win. I'm talking 48 hours. Bet with the best, then kick back and enjoy March Madness while you watch your picks cash in. Deposit with my bookie today with promo code WIDE for a 15% sign-up bonus. That's promo code WIDE. With my bookie, you play, you win, you get paid. That's my bookie. So thanks to them. And uh, joining us right now, Tim, right on the top, this guy is on it tonight. Ladies and gentlemen, I present to you, Ulu. Thanks. So I'm ready for the tournament. I mean, I live for this. It's one of my favorite times of the year. Absolutely. Couldn't agree with you more. And uh, unfortunately, Tim, I wish my New Jersey. Unfortunately, there's more teams from the New Jersey area that we're getting in, but there's only two uh, from my area that are in the big dance this year. The others. You know are, how many? You know how many teams, Lou? Hmm? You know how many teams made it from uh, West Virginia this year, Lou? Zero. None? <laughs> Zero. Mm. So, two is better than none, as they would say. Yeah, it's a small consolation, yes. <laughs> although, one te- although, one, although one of the two teams doesn't have a prayer tomorrow. Well, so you say. You never know. 
Well, it's a you 15 know, seed against a one. I know hey, it happened last it happened year, before. But, this, but this is different. It's happened before. I know. So Tim, but still. Tim, you you missed out on the uh, the episode where Tom Lou and I discussed the first round, and we we did a little bit of pick 'em. Uh, you kind of got caught up there with us. Uh, you posted your own episode today, which you should check out. Uh, Tim did a little update on the NCAA tournament and the NHL, if I'm not mistaken. Is that correct, Tim? Well, I was all over the board today. NBA, right. darts, cribbage. You darts? <laughs> darts. Cribbage? <laughs> you name it, I covered it today, boy. <laughs> so check that out. Make sure you get there. And uh, listening to Tim's episode. So, guys, let let me just go ahead. By the way, if you're not in, the Wide Men Tournament Challenge is going on. It's on ESPN's Tournament Challenge. Wide Men Can't Jump Pod is the name of the group. It's free to enter. And if you win, you'll get to join us here on the show, talk a little hoops. Basically, you can brag to everyone who's listening out there about how you won then there's also, uh, you get free stuff, free T-shirts, free uh, stickers. We're going to throw in a couple bottle opener keychains, free stuff. And all you have to do, fill out your bracket on Tournament Challenge and jump in the Wide Men Can't Jump pod. You can fill out one bracket per, per email address, so only one per entry. So get in and see if you can best us. Because uh, Tim is in, I'm in, TR will be in, hopefully, uh, with tonight. I'm hoping to get him in. So uh, fingers crossed. Yeah. On that one, so uh, so guys, let's let's go ahead. Um, if you want here, looking at the first round, Tim, did you have any upsets that maybe we should hear about? Because Lou and I, I can fill you in on mine in case if you didn't listen to the show the other night. Um, I went with my upsets. I'm taking Belmont to beat Maryland, Yale to upset LSU. I'm taking Murray State over Marquette. I'm also taking Oregon over Wisconsin. And let me see if I got any more that maybe are a little left to center. And I, nope, that's it. That's my upset for the first uh, round. You you don't have Oklahoma. You got them Fuck. losing. Get me started. A bunch of shit. Yeah, so you who got them to, losing, right? Who do they have to blow to get into the game to the tournament? Right, yeah, question. Oklahoma's going down. Ole Miss has got Oklahoma, yeah, I got, no problem. I got one that kind of jumps out at me. Uh, it's maybe a bit of a long shot. Uh, I'm not a, a Villanova in St. Mary's. Mm, I, I, I don't Mary's. Like, yeah, Villanova, I don't know. They're just – they're Villanova. What can I say? They're not last year's team, let's put it that way. They barely uh, they barely snuck in, so as far as I'm concerned, anyway. Um who else have I got? Murray State's a possible over Marquette, if you didn't mention that one. That's, yeah, that's I took one that a person could, That's yeah. one a person could, could look at. Uh, who else have I got? Uh, I could see uh, Florida beating Nevada. That's a 7-10. Mm-hmm. I'm just not uh, impressed with game. Florida, personally. Yeah, I'm yeah. not that impressed with Nevada. No, I'm I not either. I don't really know what they've got. It's kind of a point flip for me. Houston is another one where I don't really know. Um, maybe they don't lose to Georgia State, but I think they probably go out in the next round. Uh, I, I don't really – I'm not that all that impressed with them. I have to uh, disagree with you on that one. I definitely got to disagree with you on that one. I, I don't really know what they have. Like they, they haven't played anyone. 
I, I don't know what they've got. I'm, I'm not saying they're not good. They might be. I'm just saying I don't know. So I, 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 that's a potential uh, one that might turn the other way. There was one more, but I can't. Uh... Oh, and Wofford. I really don't know what Wofford brings to the table. Uh, I don't okay. know that Seton Hall can beat Wofford or not. But uh, oh, thanks. But Kentucky, <laughs> Kentucky certainly will. Blue out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I, I don't have a problem with Seton Hall, but Seton Hall. I mean, let's be Thank honest. That, that the, the 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 division wasn't a powerhouse this year. It hasn't right. been for hasn't been for a while. So I'm not I'm not necessarily picking on Seton Hall there, but I mean Wofford was a top twenty. What they were top twenty five for the last couple of weeks. That's true. Yeah. But there again, who have they really played? We, you know, nobody really. You know, not much. Of, not, not a big resume. Not a big resume there. And then I'll, I okay. want to throw this out there. I was watching ESPN uh, earlier today, and mm-hmm. they were making a point of you know everybody gets all about you know it's the it's the Cinderella story, and anybody could win the the sixty four. But if you really get down to the meat of it. Mm-hmm. I believe there's been a 30-some since they started doing it, 35, or I can't remember. But anyway, uh, 24 times we, uh, it's been a number one Yeah. Uh, out of 30-some or whatever it's been since they went to 64. So it yeah. really isn't that much of a crapshoot. It's like in the high, you know, around 70% that a number one seed is going to win the whole thing. So you have to sit down and figure out which one of those number ones is actually going to be the for real well, one. Well, the lowest seed to ever win the tournament was the number eight seed Villanova in 1985. Yep. Uh, UConn was a seven seed when they won it in 2014. Yep. Uh, four number 11 seeds have advanced out of their region to the final four, LSU in 86, George Mason in 06, VCU in 2011, and now Loyola Chicago uh, last year. So, um, but the lowest to ever win it was Villanova. Don't they have like somebody like uh, I don't know why, like NC State or somebody like that that came out of nowhere one year? They won Yeah, they beat Georgetown, but they were just heavily they were just heavy underdogs in that game because Georgetown was so dominant. Um, yeah, they what, weren't what, actually. What number were? What number were they though? What uh, were they? Hold on, let me find out. I didn't think they out. were all. That, I didn't think they were all that high, but not disputing your facts. Neither was NC State in '83. In yeah, 1983, was '83. '83 looks like. Uh, that was the year North Carolina State was a six seed in '83. Okay. Okay, so six. That's. Uh, that was when they beat Houston. The Ducks yeah, seen around the world. Yeah. Okay, so it wasn't George. I know. I Houston saw that. Houston, who had Ralph Sampson? Is that correct? Uh, Houston had Clyde Drexler and Hakeem Olajuwon, I believe. Mm-hmm. I knew they had a On big. That. I knew they had a big band. Yeah, that's a pretty good lineup for uh, an NCAA yeah, squad. Not bad. Not too bad. <laughs> yeah, not too bad. <laughs> And that was and that was the other thing. That was the other thing I wanted to throw out there. With in conjunction in conjunction with the that number one seeds usually do win the tournament. That uh, you can go to a site 
called, uh, let me see if I can pull it up here. Um, if you're really into stats, it's web1.ncaa.org. It has every sport in NCAA that they cover. Not that you would care about some of them, but if you go to the basketball, they rank mm-hmm. every team in like such ridiculous statistical departments that some of them, I didn't know what they were. Um, and the reason they did it is because they were looking at Duke in particular. That Duke mm-hmm. statistically is not a very good team. Except in the win-loss column where it really matters. Uh, yeah. If they were to win the if they were to win this year, which I would have to say they're the odds-on favorite to win this year, um, they would be the lowest shooting percentage team in, in NCAA history to win the title. Well, <clears throat> one thing I'll say in terms of this tournament, this has got to be one of the most underwhelming tournaments in the based on what we're seeing from these teams. Four number one seeds, only one of the number ones won their conference tournament. Some people are calling foul on, uh, you know, Kentucky, Tennessee, Michigan, Michigan State. A lot of people think Michigan State got hosed. They think Michigan State should have been a one over Virginia or over North Carolina. North Carolina was a 10-loss team, and they're a one seed. So, again. Yeah, the trouble with that, though, is, okay, if you're going with Duke being first, which I don't really, as much as I'm not a Duke man, not too many people really can argue. I mean, you could poke holes in anything if you really oh, want Excuse to. me. Excuse me. North Carolina is a six-loss team. Excuse me. Six-loss team. Yes. Okay. But, but if, you're, if you're going to say that, uh, if, that if Duke is your consensus one, well, it's pretty hard not to give North Carolina a, a one seed out because they beat them twice. But they didn't I mean, have their best player. Oh, okay. But that's like saying uh, we beat, a, a, a beat you in week one and you, you got better over the years, so our – victory over you in week one doesn't count. Well, it counts, uh, but well, it, it counts, but at the same time, yeah, they're all Kentucky. supposed to count. It doesn't matter, though. That's the committee. That's the difference between the committee and us. We remember what happened last week. The committee has to look at everything yeah. on equal footing. It's not supposed to matter whether you won, uh, you know, you got on a hot streak and then lost the game. A loss is a loss. A win is a win. Strength of competition is strength of competition. Not to make any difference that uh, you lost two games in a row going into the tournament and then you're not a number one anymore. That's not how they look at it, whereas we tend to, and I agree. Um, no, I mean, I get that. I get that. But if you were going to say might have got hosed, but they've also got six. Don't they have six losses? Well, it's hard to argue. I know well, one team I got I got to make the difference about who really got hosed because I think there are two teams. I think I explained this, I think I explained this on the last show. Mm-hmm. Um, there are two teams that should have got in that didn't, and got, and I, in my opinion, got absolutely screwed out of it. And that was NC State and Clemson. They had a highly respectable ranking in the, in the computer rankings, and there were four at-large teams that were a lot lower, but they still got in. I mean, proving my theory, there is no such thing as a perfect system in college basketball. But still, no, I think, not. you know, NC State should have got anybody, it, but still got screwed. Did anybody do the count? Did they play victim to the fact that there was already teams from their – too many teams from their conference or area already Yeah, in? maybe. 
And they go, I, I'm not saying they did or they didn't, but that sometimes does come into it. It shouldn't, but it does where they look and go, okay, well, if we put them in, now we got eight teams from that conference in there, and then we're going to get crap for doing that. I mean, this was supposed to the, but wasn't it supposed to correct the mistakes that the RPI system was making? Supposed to be. Well, unfortunately, there's just, I mean, we run into, we ran into it in football. We do it every year, too. There's just too many teams, and they don't get to play against each other. So it's hard to make some kind of rational judgment on who's really better or not because you just don't know. Well, we know what the RPI really stands for, don't we? Um, What's that? Okay, well, I I have an inkling, but why don't you tell us? Well, it may not be the same way as as you're thinking that I'm thinking of. Probably. Really pathetic imbeciles. What else? Ah. Well, yeah, why, why not? Um, well, guys, let's let's go ahead here. We got a lot of show ahead of us here, so we'll dedicate most of this hour to the NCAA. Let's go ahead and bounce to the round of 32. Do you guys have your brackets in front of you? I also, Nate, I also have, uh, a, quick, have a quick little uh, game to play also, the NCAA okay. related, whenever okay. you want to get to it. It won't, it won't take long, five minutes probably. But. Okay. All right. Uh, let's get through the round of 32 here. Um, Tim, who do you have playing? We'll start no, the hold East. On. If you've hold got on. your bracket. Lou, do you have yours with you, Andy? I think mine got a race, but I'll, go, but I'll see what I can do on the ESPN. Thing, so. uh, okay, I got, I got mine. What do you want to know? All right. In the East, the very top, Duke. I'm assuming, because I'm pretty sure everybody took Duke. Uh, who do you have Duke, Duke play? Uh, VCU. As do I. Uh, who do you, who do you have winning that game? Uh, Duke. Okay. Yeah, I, I have to agree with you on that. I'm going Duke as well. Lou, do you have Duke and VCU or Duke and UCF? I have Duke and I believe I had VCU on that one. Okay, who you, are you taking Duke like all of us? Taking Duke, taking Duke. As am I. Hard to bet against Duke in the tournament this year. I mean, they're clearly Especially the favorite. The first round. Yeah, first two rounds easily. It's hard to to look against them. All right, uh, next matchup going down. I have Mississippi State, Virginia Tech. Tim, what do you got? That's what I have. Okay, um, who do you take? Uh, I got Virginia Tech winning. All right. Lou, do you have Mississippi State, Virginia Tech as well? Yes, I do. I have Mississippi State. Ooh. Lou going a little different. Those matchups are, are, are fairly even anyway, so they yeah, are. That's not really even an upset. I went with Virginia Tech. No, it wouldn't be. I, I went Virginia yeah. Tech as well in that one. I went with Tim. Uh, I like what Tech's done this year. They get their guard back. That was hurt. I think he's going to help make a difference in the tournament. They were a miracle shot from Florida State away from being in the next round of the ACC tournament, playing uh, playing against a team. I think they could have easily made it to the finals of the ACC tournament this year, but yeah. they didn't. So, nevertheless, all right. So, I know my next matchup is going to be way different than everyone else's. Um, Tim, who do you have next? I've got uh, Maryland beating Belmont. And then I have in one of my upsets, I have Yale beating LSU. Okay. Lou, who do you have playing there? I have uh, Maryland being Vermont, and I also have uh, Yale 
Well, this is going to be that weird way. because I took I took Belmont and Yale, so I have Belmont playing Yale. All three of yeah, us went with Yale. Yeah, I wasn't particularly sure sure about Maryland. Um, I don't really know what they bring to the table, and I didn't know anything really about Belmont. But that eleven six seed is usually a good one. But LSU has been all over the has been all over the board, and yeah. Yale. Is one of those teams like uh, Harvard and Providence and you know, Ivy and League, that. man, oh, Ivy League. Yeah, I'll, I'll they, tell you one thing. They will bore you to death. With... It was football. Oh, yeah. I would go at LSU, but being basketball, oh, uh, not so much. But yeah, but those guys they play smart basketball. They have a system, and they will play it till the bitter end. And if you're it's not on top of it, yeah, and if you're not on top of it. All of a sudden, you look up and go, God, we're losing by six points and six seconds left in the game. What happened? They just bored us yeah. to death. Yeah, and so, that's, that's yeah, what that was, Yale and those, that's what those Ivy League schools do. They slow the game down. If, if they don't LSU have the, plays, if LSU plays no, into Yale's well, game, they will lose. Yeah, they've got no superstars. It'll be a team effort. And if LSU doesn't come out with everything cooking, they're done for. Okay. Uh, who you yeah. guys taking to win that one? I'm going Belmont. No, see, I've got Maryland to keep going. Maryland. Even though, yeah, even though okay. I like Yale. Right. But, uh, Nothing wrong with that. All right, last matchup in that region. Uh, Michigan State-Louisville is what I have. Uh, agreed. Although, uh, I, that's what I picked. But don't be surprised if both of these games are a lot closer Minnesota's a boring mm-hmm. plug away team compared to Louisville anyway. And Bradley's another one. We've seen that name before. Where mm-hmm. they may not go you know, where that you know, Michigan State's looking past past them, they they could wake up on a short end there. I don't think they will, but they could. Those will be yeah, two really good. It's very possible. Michigan State always seems T R brought this up on Sunday. Michigan State always seems to give you a scare in the early rounds. They're they yeah. stumble and They'll they'll always they're cardiac kids in the first two rounds of the tournament. Um, so I'm going to go Michigan State to beat Louisville myself. Lou, who are you going with? I don't know if you took Louisville. I'll go. I'll go with Louisville on that one. Okay. Michigan mm-hmm. State seems to choke a lot. Yeah, it depends on what team shows up. You're, 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 yeah, it's true. I mean, they're more than they're more than capable of winning, and they're more than capable of losing. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but I go Michigan I State guess. team. You go Michigan State. Yeah, I went Michigan State, but uh, like I said, there's there's one where I wouldn't be surprised to be wrong on that one. All right, well, moving to the West region now, uh, round to 32. I have Gonzaga, the one seed, advancing and playing the eight seeded Syracuse. Uh, what say you, gentlemen? Yeah, no, I have, I have Syracuse winning that. You have Syracuse, okay. So you got Gonzaga going out in the second round? Mm-hmm. Okay. Wood well, shot. Gonzaga, Gonzaga is a bit of a, uh, who knows really for sure, right? They don't play a whole lot of good competition during the year. They nope. rack up. They're a lot like the football. Like they remind me of Boise State in football. Yeah. Yeah, they score 72 points a game, and then they play somebody that's good, and they get beat. And then you're left wondering, okay, well, their record looks so good. 
I always bet with Gonzaga in the first two rounds uh, because they are money in the first two rounds. If I ever have them slipping up early, it's in the Sweet 16. I wanted to take Syracuse, but Gonzaga does have a couple of shooters that I like, and they will shoot that 2-3 zone to death that Bayheim runs. I like I like Gonzaga. What do you think, Tim? That's who I've got. I, I'm uh, I kind of like Syracuse, but I just couldn't bring myself to. You know, I third, feel like if I'd have had Syracuse anywhere else, I probably would have yeah, had Syracuse. Thirteen losses against the number one seed is that's that's a tough. Yeah, that's a tough uh, decision to make. So. All right. Well, uh, next. Next game down, I have Florida State, the four seed, but I have them playing the 12 seed Murray State. <laughs> so do I. Lou, what about you? I have that too. I have Florida State winning. Uh, so do I. I have Murray State pulling the upset on Florida State. Um, it depends I really, on uh, Morat. I really like. I really like J Mal. Or what's his nickname, Lou? What we just we figured out? Ja, uh, right? Ja Moore, Ja Moore, or something like ja that. They call him. Yeah, yeah. I ja really like him. Really well, like, like a rapper. And, yeah, and and Murray State's one of those schools. You see them year in year out. They they bust brackets in the tournament. Florida State's kind of. Florida State's a good team overall, but they I mean, got they took, waxed they took, by two. They got beat by ten. They got beat by ten points. What do you mean waxed? What are you talking about? Maybe I'm think. Maybe I'm thinking the different different one. But Florida State is a team. They're deep and they play good, but they have a hard time stopping stars. And that kid from Murray State's a star. So I, that's why I'm going Murray State. I just I think is, the, the is twelve Murray keeps State? on going. Are they a three-pointing a three-point machine again this year, or they or they no? can they can knock down threes because that can get dangerous in the tournament too. Somebody gets hot, starts raining threes down on your head, and and you're out of it. Yeah. Next matchup, I have Texas Tech taking on Buffalo. That's what I have, and what I had to go was probably two, or at least on paper, appeared to be two of the more boring games in the tournament. Possibly. Uh, Lou, do you have that matchup as well? Yes. Who, who are we taking, gentlemen? I'm oh, the, Buffalo. The, oh, I took the Raiders. I, I also took Buffalo, Lou. I'm with you. I, I think Buffalo, solid team. Big 12 is highly, 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 highly overrated this year. Uh, Texas mm-hmm. Tech fell to a lowly, lowly West Virginia squad in the tournament. Uh, they were not prepared. Hey, I, I can talk shit all I want. They suck this year. They were not prepared. And if they come in against the team, I think they'll win their first game. But if they end up playing Buffalo, we saw what Buffalo did to West Virginia in the season. Buffalo could beat Texas Tech, I think. It's possible. They rule up okay. nothing. Next matchup, I have I'm doing the loser sign. <laughs> Next matchup, I have Michigan playing Nevada. What say you, gentlemen? You have okay. No, I have Florida and Michigan. Florida and Michigan. Lou, who do you have? I have Michigan and Nevada. Okay, 
I went Michigan. I like I like the three point shooting Michigan has. I think they can handle a Nevada team. You don't have to worry about Michigan until their opposition is Michigan. Anybody from their own conference or Michigan State. Yes. That those are the teams that they they never play. They never play well against Iowa or Wisconsin. Uh, they always get beat by Michigan State. It seems. Um, that's when you got to get nervous. But until then, they've got a stunningly good defense that smothers regular teams. Not so much on the offensive side. A little weak there. That's their, why they won't win. But uh, I'll take them over Florida. Or Nevada, for that matter. All right. Lou, what do you think? Nevada has been uh, rather shaky in, the, in recent weeks, and I think it's uh, going to play a factor. So I'm going to go Michigan here. Okay. We'll go down to the south region now in the round of 32. Hey, we got a good game here now, right now. Yeah, it's 68-all, uh, Cent- North Carolina yeah. Central and North Dakota State. I got it on uh, right here behind me. Can't get better than this. Yeah, uh, three <laughs> minutes, 40 seconds to go. It's March, sure. man. What do you expect? They get their two right. minutes of fame before they're led to the slaughter on Friday? Yes. <laughs> right. <laughs> Basically. I feel bad, I feel bad for those two 16s. I really do because – it's like congratulations, gentlemen. You get to play, and then you get slaughtered by uh, you know. A, you know, depending yeah. on depending on where those two teams are at. Like if let's let's say North Dakota wins, can we get a trip to where's the uh, East Finals in what South Carolina? I believe. Mm-hmm. Mm, somewhere okay. like that. That's, it's all over. I believe I, I believe that's where it is. So that's a pretty good trip out of you know. You get to go to the. Well, they're already they're playing in Dayton right now. So okay, that's, that's where they'll play. Okay, so even for, all right, so even for that, you know, that's a North Dakota has probably never been, you know, they play, play in their own conference, which is probably, you know, Montana, South Dakota, Idaho, that, you know, that neck of the woods. So to go somewhere in a bigger mm-hmm. city, you know, that might be kind of fun. Even if you get waxed. And you never yeah, know. maybe. You never know. Duke falls asleep. It's at, you know, we, we used to be able to say that never happened, but now we can't anymore. So. Yeah, that's true. But let's move down to the South region. I have Virginia Ole Miss because fuck Oklahoma and anybody that looks like Oklahoma. What say you gentlemen? What's your matchup there? Mine's Virginia Ole Miss. Virginia, Oklahoma. Okay. I, I've got Virginia and Ole Miss, but boy. I don't know. Gardner Webb. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Why? Gardner Gardner Webb could come up with the upset of the tournament. If 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 Virginia loses to a 16 seed again, is it time to fire Tony Bennett? You yeah. know that that the chances of Virginia getting any further than the second round are not very good. Well, I hope it is because I have them defeating Ole Miss in the second round, <laughs> moving on to the Sweet 16. <laughs> I don't. I have them there, but I have them losing. So. All right. Well, Lou, what do you think? Wait, uh, repeat that one again. Virginia. I have Virginia Ole Miss. You have Virginia Oklahoma. Oh, I got to take, take Virginia. I got to take Virginia. Yeah. Yeah. Lightning like, rarely strikes got... twice. In the same place it does. There you go. Well, we'll see what happens. <clears throat> why, that's right. why they uh, play the game. 
Next matchup for me, I have Kansas State and the upsetting Oregon. I have Oregon beating Wisconsin. Okay, I don't, I don't have that, but I have, or I have Kansas State being, beating Wisconsin. Okay, I take Kansas State so beating Oregon. Lou. Okay, I, I, so we're all I have the same as that. All right, we're all on board with Kansas State. That's scary. A Big Twelve team. <laughs> uh, yeah. Next matchup, I have Villanova against Purdue in my next matchup. Tim? I'm going with um, – I'll go with Nova. Okay, I've got Nova beating Purdue as well. Tim, what do you got? No, this is my upset bracket. I have St. Mary's beating Villanova and then Purdue beating okay. St. Mary's. Okay. That's my, right. upset, my upset bracket down, down in this neck of the woods here. Nothing wrong with that. Uh, Cincinnati and Tennessee. I picked Cincinnati to win their first game because they're playing in Columbus, and that is literally the only reason why I took Cincinnati. It's basically a home game for them. So I'm going Tennessee to beat Cincinnati in the second round. Well, that's what I have. Lou? Going with the Bearcats. Ooh, Lou. I, let me tell you, Lou, I went with the Bearcats last year. It cost me. <laughs> it cost me Last heavily. year is last year. This year is this year. Very true, very true. Moving to the final final bracket, the Midwest bracket, I have North Carolina playing Utah State. I went with North Carolina to win that game. Yeah, I got North Carolina playing Washington. Washington, the only team worth even talking about on the West Coast. And, and they I couldn't win North their Carolina. conference tournament. And I got North Carolina taking care of them. Okay. <laughs> either, either way, so. Lou? Nothing fire for Carolina. I hear you. Moving on, next matchup uh, in a team that I am less than impressed with, Kansas taking on Auburn. I almost had Kansas losing in the first round. In good conscience, could not put them going to the to the Sweet 16. I'm going Auburn over Kansas. Um, what have I got here? I've got Auburn beating New Mexico, and I've got Kansas beating Northeastern. I almost went with that one. I thought it was Northwestern, and I was going to pick them. If it had been Northwestern, I'd have took Northwestern. <laughs> yeah, but then I saw that wasn't Northwestern, so I had to backtrack. Um, I still got Kansas beating Auburn, though. Mm, okay, Lou? This one's a toss-up, but I'm going to go with Kansas. Okay. I liked that. Right. I liked Auburn against Tennessee. That was nice. But it was only once. So But you're right. Kansas is very Kansas is very hit and miss. Right. Right, the big the entire Big Twelve is hit or miss to me this year. Yeah. And I and here let me let me bring up a little history for you. The Big Twelve struggles in the uh, NCAA tournament mainly based on the way they play. The Big Twelve is very get the ball down low, bang it in. Physical play, a lot of contact, a lot of, you know, just rough play. You get these different officials, they call a lot of fouls. And Kansas will get in foul trouble. I think that'll cost them against Auburn. Right. And that's just me, though. Because it happens to a lot of the Big 12. And that's why I only have one Big 12 team going to the Sweet 16. And that leads us to our next game, Houston and Iowa State. I'm going Houston because Iowa State are known choke artists. They win the Big 12 title in the, uh, yeah. the, the tournament. And it seems like every year they do that, they get beat in the tournament early. So I'm going Houston to beat Iowa State. No, oh, this, was, this was a tough one. 
I, I don't like any of those four teams. None of them. Uh, although I took Iowa State to beat Ohio State, because Ohio State just has been. And they don't deserve to be in the tournament either. No, they're 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 that should say uh, Clemson right there. Um, mm-hmm. If it were Clemson, um, I'd have took Clemson. Yeah, that should say Clemson right there. So, so I took Iowa State, uh, Georgia State. I just I don't know enough about them to pick them over Houston. So I have Houston beating Iowa State. Okay. I think I'll let Iowa State. All right. Well, Iowa State could do it. You never know with the Cyclones. I just the Big Twelve lets me down too much. So, all right, last round of thirty-two pick. I have Walford in Kentucky. I went with the Wildcats of Kentucky. Let's say you gentlemen. Kentucky. I have Kentucky, but over Seton Hall. Although one part of me just wants to go for the total joke and pick uh, Abilene Christian over Seton Hall. <laughs> All right, well, there you have it. That's our round of 32. We'll get back to our Sweet 16, but we got to pay a bill here real quick. So you'll hear it right after this. Personal injury, product liability, workplace accidents, mesothelioma law, Social Security disability, unfair insurance practices, family law, employment discrimination, and more. All this can be handled at New Law Office with Stephen P. New. It's New Law Office with Stephen P. New. You can get your free consultation today by calling 1-800-208-9169 or 304-362-7345 for your free consultation. A new level of personal service, whether you've been injured or facing divorce or experiencing workplace discrimination, you can rely on compassionate, thorough representation from New Law Office. Be sure to contact Stephen P. New Law Office at newlawoffice.com or again get your free consultation at 1 800 203 9169. Stephen P. New, answers to your legal questions. And thanks again to our sponsors, the law offices of Stephen P. New at newlawoffice.com. All right, let's get into our Sweet 16, gentlemen. Let's see if we can get through to our Final Four and pick a champion tonight. I have in the first game in the East region, Duke playing Virginia Tech. I believe we all went that way. Lou, did you take VTech or Mississippi State? I took Mississippi State. Okay, so me and Tim have Duke, Virginia Tech. Lou has Mississippi State. This one, if if it's Duke, Virginia Tech, this one's going to be a scary game for Duke. They lost to Virginia Tech on the road their last time out. Of course, they did not have Zion Williamson. Virginia Tech didn't have... Uh, their best player available either. But in the tournament with Zion healthy, Duke will roll over Virginia Tech to win that game, in my opinion. I must regretfully concur. Lou, what do you think? <laughs> he's going He's going what? We're both going Duke. I'm going Duke. I don't like it, but I but I'm going to. You don't have to like it, but you got to give them props. No. Yeah. Well, they're good. There's no two ways around it. Well, before we move on, we got 20 seconds left, and 75 North Dakota State, 72 North Carolina Central. Central is called a timeout. There's 20 seconds left on the clock. 
here in this yeah. game uh, to show you where Those we're at right now live. The nitty gritty. Yeah. Next yeah. game, I I took Belmont and Michigan State as my next game. I know you guys are different. What say you? I got Michigan State and Maryland, but I still have Michigan State winning. So. Yeah. Um, I took Michigan State as well. Lou? Michigan State, Maryland, and and I took uh, I took Maryland. Ooh, Lou with the upset. Lou's riding the Maryland train to the eight. Mm-hmm. Nothing wrong with that. Moving on to the okay. West. Moving on to the West here. So right now we're looking at I have Duke, Michigan State. Tim has Duke, Michigan State. Lou has Duke, Maryland. So that's his elite eight matchups. Uh, in the West, I have Gonzaga taking on Murray State. What do you guys have? Yeah, I got Gonzaga against Florida State. Okay. I think Lou does uh, as well. Yeah. I went Gonzaga against my better judgment, but I went with Gonzaga. Well, I did too. Lou, you sticking with the Zags? Uh, yeah, I'm sticking with the Zags. All right, so that's a, a unanimous Zags roll there. Buffalo versus Michigan was my next matchup. Well, now I got Texas Tech against Michigan with Michigan. Okay. I took Michigan over Buffalo. Lou, I think, also had Buffalo. Who do you take, Lou? Uh, no, I took Michigan in that case. Buffalo is good, but not up against Michigan. I agree. I agree. So... Moving on to the South, I think we all we all agreed Gonzaga, Michigan in our Elite Eight from that West region. The South, I have Virginia and Kansas State. Tim, I believe you had the same, if I'm not mistaken. No, I've got Ole Miss no? and Kansas State. Ole Miss and Kansas State, okay. I forgot, you took Virginia to lose. Uh, Lou, you had, you had Virginia, Kansas State, am I correct on that? Yes. Okay. I took Virginia to win that game. I did. Tim? I, didn't have a, I, I, got I know Kansas, that. I've got, I've got Kansas State winning. Okay, so Kansas State for Tim. Lou, who do you got? Between um, Virginia and Kansas again? State. Virginia, Kansas State. Virginia, Kansas, Virginia. Lou and I agree. All right, next matchup, I took. I had Villanova and Tennessee. I went with Tennessee. Tim, what do you got? Yes, I got Purdue against Tennessee, and I went with Purdue. Ooh, taking Purdue. My, Ian Riccoboni moves. This is my upset bracket here. Yeah. All right. Lou, who did you have? I think I had Nova. Okay, Nova, were they playing Tennessee? Mm-hmm. You have uh, Nova beat Tennessee? Okay. I have Virginia Tennessee in that Elite Eight matchup. I believe Lou does as well. Or no, mm-hmm. Lou has Virginia and Nova. And Tim has right. Purdue and Kansas State. Kansas State. Okay, so North Carolina Auburn, the Midwest bracket. That's my matchup, but I don't know about you guys. That's who I yeah, have. I've got North. Carolina. Carolina and Kansas, but I got North Carolina winning. I took North Carolina as well. So did I. 
All right. So North Carolina for all of us. Next matchup for me was Kentucky and Houston. That's the last in the Sweet 16. I went with Kentucky to be Houston, reluctantly. How do you not have North Carolina in there? What happened I did take you? North Carolina. Why am, why am I... Why, okay, well, I must have missed something. Where are you now? I took North Carolina to beat Auburn. I have Kentucky playing Houston in the Sweet 16. Oh, you're down one already. Okay. Yeah. Game over. Yes, North Dakota State will advance on. North Carolina Central will go home. Back to Hard fault game. Hard fault game right there. Yes. But yes, I go I go Kentucky over Houston and North Carolina over Auburn. Who do you guys have down at the bottom with Kentucky? Okay, uh, I, I got Kentucky. Kentucky over Houston too. Okay. Lou? Kentucky. Okay. All right, let's go to the Elite Eight. My Elite Eight, I start off Duke, Michigan State. I took Duke. What say you guys? Duke. Uh, I have I have the same. Okay. So we all agree Duke's in our final four. Gonzaga and Michigan. Yes. I went with the Wolverines to beat the Zags. So did I. Michigan. Three Michigans. Okay. In the South, Virginia and Tennessee. I went with Tennessee in my matchup there. Tim, yours was Purdue and yeah, I got, uh, I've got I've got Purdue coming out of the. Uh, so. Okay. Who was who were they playing? Who'd you have them playing? Purdue and uh, Kansas, Kansas State. Kansas State. Okay, so Tim takes Purdue. Lou, who do you have? I think you and I both had Virginia, Tennessee. Virginia, yes. Okay, Lou goes Virginia. I went Tennessee, and finally North Carolina and Kentucky. I went North Carolina. Uh, so did I. North Carolina. All right, to the final four we go. I have Duke and Michigan. I took Duke. To go to the finals. It killed me to do so, but that is what I picked also. All right. Lou? Same here. Same here. And I had North Carolina versus Tennessee. I took North Carolina to go to the finals to play Duke. That is what I have over Purdue, but uh, still North Carolina in the final. All right. Lou? I had North Carolina in the final four. Wow, so we all three have the same final. Duke versus North Carolina in the championship game. Well, no, I, no, I actually have Virginia. Oh, you had Virginia. Okay. So Tim and I had the same final. Duke, North Carolina. Yep. And Lou has Virginia and Duke. So we all three have Duke making it. So mm. I took Duke to win it all. So did I. That, I agree. Five, I've Two got them winning by five points over North Carolina. It'll be a close, but not close enough. Yeah. I think, and you know, that's going to be the consensus. Um, I think pretty much everyone's betting on Duke to take it uh, this year. A lot of people are. Some people are picking some upsets, and it's very possible. Uh, but I honestly believe that Duke is the best team in the country right now. It's hard for me not to think that they're not. If that makes but any you know sense. You know what? 
I would happily have my bracket busted in the first round to have them (laughs) not win. Well, you hate Duke, don't you? It's not only that. I just, I like it when somebody else wins. They're always the top seed, it seems. They're always the talk of the bell of the dance, all the time. I would like for them to not be good for a couple of years and let somebody else (laughs) take the spotlight for a while. It's very hard for that to happen with I know, the but, team they have. But uh, well, they're you know they're going to be looking at it again next year, even if they win, because they're basically going to lose. They'll everybody. reload. You know how they're like Kentucky, man. It's a reloading. Their problem is going to happen when when Shevsky finally hangs it up. Yeah, I think that re- will. And they can't recruit the way they do now because he's half the reason half the guys go there. Yeah, he is. Oh, big news, big news, big hold on, hold on. Breaking news. All right, I like breaking news. It is actually West Virginia defeats Grand Canyon Antelopes in the CBI first round, seventy-seven to sixty-three. Congratulations! Does anybody pay attention to that one? We should have segued that with breaking news for Logan, West Virginia, because nobody else cares. Congratulations, Mountaineers, on the victory in the CBI tournament over the Grand Canyon Antelopes. Great win. uh, That Mitch Robinson broke Patrick Ewing's shot blocking record. I thought you were going to go Did he? Did he? Yeah. Today. I did did not know that. uh, 29 straight games with a shot block. That's that's insane. That kid is special. TR and I preached uh, and preached. That's what. TR and I preached and preached on on that uh, on that guy, and we absolutely love him. So uh, I'm, I'm glad to see he's doing well. I really and, am. And in a and in a very sour note, uh, Lou, your New York Knicks are being humbled by the mighty Utah Jazz. Good exactly. Lord. That's just sad to see. Twenty six. Pathetic this year. It's pathetic. But did you that see? I was see last night's uh, net. Uh, Nets Kings game. Mark. Yeah, I was actually going to segue into that. Um, D'Angelo Russell. By the way, Lou, we're segueing into that. Segway. Segue. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, D'Angelo Russell had 27 points last night in the fourth quarter. Goes off career high 44. The Nets were down 25 when they came into the game against the Kings and. Solidly, the Nets pick up a win, and that was a game that Sacramento really needed. What are your thoughts on that, Lou? I mean, I thought, you know, you're down 25 points at the end of the, of the third quarter. There's no way in hell that you're going to come back from this. It would take a monumental collapse to do it. Little did I know, I checked the score this morning, I'm like, what the? This, can't, this has to be a typo. Because there is no way they can come back. And sure enough, they did. I'm like, 
So I so I saw the replay this afternoon. I'm like, I was just like stunned how this. It's it's incredible to see a, a 37-20 third quarter swing to a 45-18 fourth quarter the other direction. That's just nuts. It really they is. They come back and I it, think in Nets history. Yeah, it was, and and that was just Ugh. unbelievable to see, uh-huh. and something we're going to dive into here in a little bit, but. Lou, we have another call on the line. He's a prepared guest jumping on with us. I do want to thank you I for getting back anyway, on. I got to split anyway, so it doesn't – yeah, I have to split anyway. All right. I appreciate you getting on talking NCAA with us, my man. Thank you. You're welcome back anytime. And we'll probably be uh, discussing Your next show is the, when? Uh, I believe Tim and I are going to shoot for, what, Tim, Friday? Friday evening? Oh. After the games, maybe? Maybe, depending on how things work. Either Friday, either Friday or Saturday. Probably. Well, Saturday's bad likely. for me. I got my show, I got my own show. Ooh. Yeah. Well, yeah. just look for it. I'll see what I can do Friday. If you're, if you're on late Friday, I'll see what I can do. All right. Well, we'll talk to you later, Lou. Good talking with you. New Jersey, Lou. And that was Lou. But joining us now, um, a guy who we were talking about the Nets-Kings game, and this is the guy that's going to give some insight from the other side from the Royal Pain, which is a fan-sided blog about the Sacramento Kings, Rafi Wong. Rafi, thank you again for jumping on with us, and I'm sorry we have to talk about this sour subject right now. No worries, man. Happy to be here. Good to have you back. And, man, let's talk about it. Last night, the Kings, big lead, and the Nets have the huge comeback. What happened? What happened with the Kings last night? What was the big um, – the fallout there, just what happened? In terms of the fourth quarter, it just looked like they got too comfortable. Like the guy mentioned, um, they were winning by like 25 points in the fourth quarter, and they were playing good throughout the first three quarters where they were playing with a lot of energy. De'Aaron Fox was really pushing the pace, being aggressive, and setting up his teammates for scores and everything. But just when the fourth quarter came along, it just looked like they got too comfortable. Um, the energy was a little low. D-Low obviously got hot for the Nets, and, yeah, they just couldn't endure the rally that the Nets brought. Okay. Well, I mean, honestly, I didn't watch the game. I'll be the first to admit it. Um, but, you know, if if you look outside of that, of what happened there with the Nets-Kings game, the Kings this season, if you'd have told me at the beginning of the year – that the Kings were going to do what they've been doing this year. Ninth in the West. A playoff berth is slim and none. They're they're huddling, or they're just kind of settling around 500. They're 34 and 36 right now. Seven games back of yeah. the eighth seed. Don't know if they're going to make the playoffs. More than likely not, but there's a possibility, so you never know. Uh, what yeah. What's your thoughts on Sacramento this season so far? I think it's been a great year for these young guys so far. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it's been a pleasant surprise. Um, I think I had them around like 25, 30 wins um, to start the year, and they're already at 34, so they've already exceeded expectations. Um, The young guys like Fox, um, Bagley, um, Buddy Heald, and others, they really stepped up their game and have improved and have learned how to mesh with each other. And it's just a fun team to watch, and they're playing with a lot of effort and energy every night as well. So when you have, you know, guys, young guys that are getting better by the game and they're playing, you know, to their fullest and playing with a lot of energy, then 
it's going to be a fun team to watch throughout the season, and that's the way it's been. Tim, do you have any questions about the Kings you want to run by, Rafi? You know, the Kings, the Kings are somebody, like, up here in Canada, I, that's a team that just, you know, you see them in the stats, but that's about it. They never seem to get on mm-hmm. television up here, I guess, because yeah. of the bloody the, the Lakers. Um, so I, I want to shift it in that direction. Does, does Sacramento as a franchise take any great solace in uh, being ahead of the mighty L.A. Lakers? Um, I think as a community they have, um, obviously, you know, um, uh, it looks like both teams aren't going to make the playoffs, but considering how the Lakers aren't going to make the playoffs with LeBron and, you know, all the guys that they have, um, I think a lot of people in the Kings community, you know, find that's like kind of a moral victory for us not making the playoffs. For me personally, I don't really care. Um, I'm more of a, you know, just worry about your own team and, you know, that kind of thing. So, you know, I don't really – whether the Lakers win or not, it doesn't really matter for me. I just focus on the Kings and whether they're going to make the playoffs or not. But I think overall, as a Kings community, I think they do really enjoy that the Lakers are losing. <laughs> Most people do. All right, so, take, so taking that yeah. into account. Um, yeah. Maybe like that. I was looking at that, that stat line from last night, and, and you know, looking at it just in writing is like, my God, you know what happened there. But maybe that's something that a coaching staff uh, really dissects and uses that as a teaching tool going forward. Got a young team. Uh, sometimes, sometimes they're good beating like that, or maybe not a beating, but but losing in that fashion is good for a team. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely a growing pain that they're going to have to, that they're just experienced. But um, it is still disappointing considering how big of a lead they had and knowing that, you know, every game is valuable and it's kind of like a must win down the stretch considering that they're, you know, down by so many games from the, the ace spot. But, yeah, hopefully they take this experience and they can grow from it and just learn going forward. And honestly, I think the Kings right now, if you look with with Bagley and Heald and De'Aaron Fox and, and some of the other players that they have, a lot of young guys, and this is a, a young team left. I mean, yeah, they have Harrison Barnes, who's a little bit older. Yeah. Nemanja Bialic is playing well. Willie Cauley-Stein's a good player. Harry Giles has stepped in, done some things. They right. may be a nice free agent destination, like – I don't know what their cap situation is going to be next year, but if you take a guy, a veteran guy, maybe maybe a, a free agent that a lot of people aren't talking about, um, if they can get a quality free agent to come to Sacramento, I think that could just that veteran leadership could propel this team to that next level that they need. Because right now, if you look at the, the Kings, they may have the most promising young core in the NBA. Behind, maybe seconded by, or maybe in the Celtics, you may consider them a better young core. But I, honestly, I'd take the Kings okay. right now over the Celtics because the Celtics really just have Brown and Tatum, whereas the Kings have Bagley. They have, you know, Collie Stein's still relatively young. They still have uh, Heald, who's shooting lights out. Um, Bogdanovich right. is there. And I, what do you think about the Kings maybe landing a. a a decent free agent spot. What, what do you think they can do in the off season? 
Um, I think it just depends on what kind of free agents we're talking about. We're talking more about like players that can fit into a role or like a star player. In my opinion, I feel like finding the right role players is the way to go, especially for, you know, affordable contracts. Because like you mentioned, um, this team has a really good young core. And I feel like, you know, there may not be a superstar in the group, but I feel like there are some stars in the group that can really help, you know, be that core, that main core of the team going, you know, for many years. So if we can find players that can, you know, that games can help, you know, match with, you know, like a Deion Fox or a Marvin Bagley instead of going after a star and just, you know, throwing up, a, you know, maybe an over or an expensive contract. Um, I think going with the role player um, routes the way to go. Yeah, and I can I can agree with that and let these young guys develop into stars. Um, but this season, you know, none of us had high hopes for the Kings. You know, even you said you had them a little lower. What was your yeah. What was your idea in terms of like in terms of a surprise this season, who's been the biggest surprise on this Kings team? Because we're winding down and we're seeing these guys um, basically finish out the season. They're in the stretch run here. Who's been the biggest surprise to you? In my opinion, I definitely think the biggest surprise has been Marvin Bagley. Um, he's been he's been awesome throughout this year. Um, I I think I remembered him being. You know, just like a solid role player off the bench, that was my expectations for him because he did struggle during summer league and the preseason, so I thought it would take a while for him to really get comfortable. But, you know, even from the start, he's been showing, you know, flashes and showing that gradual level or gradual pattern of improvement where, you know, he's getting better by the game. And, you know, and it just keeps continuing out the season. I think I saw a stat like – since the all-star break ended, he's averaging like 20 points and eight and a half rebounds a game off the bench, which is nuts. So he's a guy that I've been pleasantly surprised about and have high post for going forward. Tim, do you got any more questions uh, for Rob? Sure. Before we let, uh, sure. go ahead. Yeah, quick, quick couple just um, going forward for Sacramento. They're, they're right in that, what I like to call the dead spot uh, for the draft where they're kind of, you know, they're probably unless they luck out in the lottery or something, they're going to get a middle-of-the-road kind of pick. Uh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah, at least uh, uh, number-wise anyway. I'm not sure how strong mm-hmm. the draft is this year. Uh, so what are they What are they looking for? What are they? What should they do with their pick? Do they, like you said, do they move to, to pick up a vet? Do they keep it? And they got a hole they really could fill out of the draft? Or... Are they better off with what they got? Well, actually, um, I don't think they got a first-round pick this year, even though they could – I think they, they lost traded their, away pick. their pick. Yeah, oh, they boy. traded away their well, pick from – I think – That would take yeah, care of it. Been, yeah, um, basically. So, um, yeah, so they entered the year knowing that they weren't going to have a pick, so they're just basically going, you know, what's – go for the playoffs. And well, I would say they're in, fairly, they're in fairly good shape then because they probably weren't going to get um, quote-unquote ready-to-go superstar, you know, at 15 or 16 where they're going to end up picking probably. Yeah. Or if they had a first-round uh, pick. 
Can you repeat that question again? I think it's so. So then, so if they don't have if they don't have a first rounder, I guess Nate sort of asked you, but I, I'm I'm kind of thinking, do you think they're better off going for uh, the bench depth and let their young guys keep doing what they're doing yeah. and maybe get somebody to suck up some minutes, but not really, like you say, not going for a, trying to pull in some max contract superstar that never seems to work out anyway. Definitely over a superstar, yeah. I think just finding just players that can, like, fit around the core, the young core, like Fox, Bagley, Buddy, Heald, you know, Giles. I think if you could find players that can, you know, play well with them, um, that's definitely a better better direction to go than, you know, just trying to do the risky choice, which is pay a super or pay a star to come here and possibly stunt the development of the young guys. How, how does Sacramento do attendance-wise? Attendance? Yeah. On the crowds? Um, I've only been to a couple of games this year, um, and from what it seems like, the crowd's always full. They've always been good games, though, like popular games to go to, so that could explain it. Um, but usually relatively loud. I don't know necessarily the, the numbers of how many people are showing up at the games, but the crowd's usually pretty loud, um, and it gets pretty crazy there. You know how the community in Sacramento, they're crazy about their team, so they're always there to support them well. That's good. Good good to hear. I wasn't sure how they did uh, attendance-wise, so fair enough. Um, the From what I've seen with the Kings, it from looking at what's going on this season, it seems like the Kings pick will go to the Boston Celtics uh, this oh. year. <laughs> yeah. Should have known. Uh, well, the the way this went, the Kings' first round pick was traded to the Seventy Sixers, uh, and they yeah. decided to jump up to get Markel Fultz, and the Celtics agreed to swap picks with the Sixers in the twenty nineteen draft, and they have the option of taking the Sixers or Kings' pick, whichever is higher, and the Kings will be in the lottery, so the Kings' pick will go to the Celtics. So the Celtics will have yet another lottery pick this year. Sounds about right. Yep. Oh, all over the place. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm looking at the Kings. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I'm, I'm looking at ahead. the Kings con- contract situation here. Uh, Harrison Barnes has a player option next year for $25 million. I expect him to take that. Uh, I don't think anybody's lining yeah. up to pay Harrison Barnes $25 million right now. Alec Burks, Caustic right. Kufos, Willie Cauley-Stein, Corey Brewer are all free agents after this year. And the salaries of Ben McLemore, uh, Georges Papaginis, Deontay Davis, Caron Butler, and Corey Brewer will finally come off the books for the Kings. Yeah. And the only contract, the only non-player you will still have on the books is Matt Barnes' $2 million. Going to be a little cap space. As of right now, they have $103 million in cap Next year, currently looking at roughly $71 million. So they're going to have some room to go out and sign. I think they'll re-sign Willie Cauley-Stein. Don't know what. Um, do you think Burks, Kufos, uh, you think they'll stick around, or do you see maybe the Kings trying to do something a little different there? I think they'll go in a different direction. I think Kufo, I think they'll let Kufos and Burks walk. Um it's just tough to see what they, they're they going to do with the cap because, like you said, they have a lot of cap, but they also have to keep in mind that they got, you know, 
sell or pay the max to like players like Fox and Bagley and Heald, whose rookie contracts will eventually expire. So I don't yeah. really expect them to use up all their cap, but um, they'll definitely be aggressive in free agency, try to find the best deals and find players that could, you know, help the team out. Well, good news is De'Aaron Fox um, is signed up until the 2021 season. He has a play, a team option there of $8 million. I'm sure they'll exercise right. that. Harry Giles is under yeah. contract this 2021 season as well. Buddy Heald's contract is up after the 2019-2020 season. I don't know how much they're going to throw at him, but I'm sure it's going to be some money as he's only getting $4 yeah. million. Uh, he's, he's he's due for a pay grade, a pay raise. Definitely. Um, yeah, he'll probably be the first one that the Kings offer, you know, a good contract to with that cap. Maybe the yeah, extension yeah. after this season. Um, I think this will probably be our last question for you, and we'll let you run. And we do appreciate you giving us time talking some Kings with us. What do you want yeah. to see the Kings improve on, uh, whether it be from this group or with their signings? What do you think the Kings are lacking? What's the one thing that maybe they're missing from getting to the playoffs right now? Oh, man, there's a lot of things that they could work on. Um, I think the major ones would be, you know, just learning how to close and, you know, in crunch time, they've lost a lot of close games, especially as of late. I think the last, you know, since the All-Star break, other than a couple, like a handful of games, they've lost within like 10 points. So I think definitely, you know, learning how to close in games is good, would definitely improve their team. Rebounding, free-throw shooting, those have been, you know, pet peeves of theirs throughout, the, throughout this season. So they can definitely improve in those aspects as well. Okay, Tim, Indeed. do you have anything else, or are uh, you going to let Rafi go here? Yeah, let, let, we'll let Rafi go, and we'll, we'll catch up to him maybe later once the – Oh, yeah, we definitely want to talk to you. We out. definitely want to talk to you once we get uh, post-playoffs, close to draft time, free agent signings, off-season. Definitely want to talk more Kings, and maybe if any big news comes up, we'll be in touch. But we do appreciate you jumping on and talking to us, and let our listeners know – where they can keep up with you. Cause I know the Kings is a, a team that a lot of people are interested in, especially with what they're doing right now. Yeah. So, um, we have, obviously, um, like you mentioned, we have the website at royalpain.com where we talk about Kings content, opinion pieces, um, sometimes news updates on what's going on with the team. And we also have the Twitter account, which is at Royal pain. Um, a R O Y A L P A I N all one word, and then if you want to, you know, keep up with my articles personally, you can go to um, my Twitter account, at RafNation, R-A-F-N-A-T-I-O-N. Awesome. Thanks again, Rafi, for jumping on with us, talking a little NCAA, and we hope to, or excuse me, a little Sacramento Kings. We're talking NCAA for an hour. Thanks for talking Sacramento Kings with us, and uh, we hope to have you back real soon. Yeah, oh, hold on, hold on, hold on. Before you go, if you want, I'll yeah. send over a link. We've got a bracket pool going for the podcast. We'd love to have you join up uh, if you fill out a bracket this year. Um, we'll hope to have you jump in. And uh, who, who do you have you filled one out yet? I have. I haven't really followed it that much. Um, just did like a little like crash course of like what's going on during the season. But yeah, it's yeah, what I we have did. A bracket up. Yeah. Uh, who do you have winning it all, but, if you don't mind me asking? I got UNC over Duke. I think UNC will Ooh. beat them this time. 
I like it, but I like it. I didn't pick it, but I like it. He went the opposite way. We took Duke over North Carolina. So, yeah, let me uh, let me send you guys yeah. a uh, an invite over. We've got over – we're getting close to 60-some people in the group. And, uh, you know, it's free. And if you win, you get – you know, we're giving away free stuff. So, you get some wrong with it. Yeah, got some, got some T-shirts and some stuff like that. So, winner gets a T-shirt and all that good stuff. So, I'll uh, just yeah, sending. I'm good. sending you the link right now. So go ahead, jump in, and anybody over at Royal Pain is welcome uh, to join us. So the more the yeah, merrier. Yep. Most Sounds good. All right. Yeah. Thanks, thanks for again, Rob. Right, we appreciate good, it. Man. Thank you. Take care, guys. You too. All right. Thank you. And that was Rafi Wong from a Royal Pain Kings fan excited blog. Our man on the Sacramento scene, and uh, after that game last night, a little news there. Glad we had Rafi scheduled to come on and talk a little bit. So, uh, yeah, I, will, man, uh, I might uh, have to make this. I'm trying to think. I might have to make a Sacramento Kings like my West Coast team. They're a fun team to watch. I've had the chance to watch them a couple of times this year. They are a fun team to to kind of keep an eye on. A lot of young talent. A lot of guys that you wouldn't expect to be doing what they're doing, and they're a dangerous team. They can shoot. Well, I used to, uh, back in the day, it would have been Seattle, but then they took that team away from me. I can't stand the Lakers. I can't stand the Clippers. I can't stand the Warriors. Uh, yeah, maybe i maybe I got to start rooting for the Sacramento Kings. Nothing wrong with that. Not a thing wrong with yeah. that. Sacramento's yeah, a fun team. I may have to pursue that. All right. Well, that sounds good, but if you got other things you want to pursue – I know a place you can go and do it, and that is at cambay.com. Are you sick of the boring, same old cam sites with the same old girls and the same boring content? Well, now's your chance to jump over to a brand new website called cambay.com. C-A-M-B-A-E.com. When you're on Cambay, whatever you want and whatever you desire is right at your fingertips. Be sure to join right now and use promo code WIDEMEN to get 20 free credits on cambay.com. Use those credits to go towards whatever your fantasy is and make sure that you know cambay.com wants to make you as happy as you can be. Be sure to join right now. Again, it's cambay.com, C-A-M-B-A-E.com. And unlike college, it's not going to take you guys 20 free credits to finish. So join cambay.com right now. Use promo code WIDEMAN and get your free credits. Again, thanks to our good friends over at cambay.com for hooking us up as a sponsor. Fantastic group, and we're so glad to be a part of cambay.com. Well, Tim, I, we do appreciate Rafi for jumping on. Very knowledgeable guest. Love talking with him. Smart guy, knows his stuff. Um, but, la- you know, last week we were having a little technical difficulties. The show got out later than what we wanted. Um, and I had to fight with the Block Talk Radio, but it has been amended. Last week we had Alex Golden on with us talking about all kinds of NBA. We went around the league with Alex, and he's from the up, he is from the Up and Under NBA and is a host of the Setting the Pace podcast. And we talk potential playoff matchups, the stretch run for the season. So if you hear this interview, it's a little bit old. It's a week old. 
But we definitely wanted to bring it because Alex is a great guy, and he dropped some knowledge on us last week, if you remember that, Tim. I do. Oh, I thought you were just going right to it. Yeah, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> loved, loved every minute of it. It was, it was a gooder. Yeah, we enjoyed it. So uh, let's go ahead and get to our talk with Alex Golden, Tim and I, and we'll get back on the other side and uh, maybe wrap it up a little, little bit of NCAA talk. And we'll get to it. We'll see you on the other side. All right. And joining us right now is the creator of the Up and Under NBA podcast and the host of the Triple Thread and Setting the Pace podcast, Mr. Alex Golden. Alex, thanks for jumping on with us. Anytime, fellas. How we doing? Doing good. I had to shut Tim up so we could hit record on this thing and get going here. I got to have a break so I can edit. Love you, Tim. Mean it. <laughs> but we wanted we wanted to get you on here and talk a little bit of NBA. Uh, so we've noticed you are a you know with the the Pacers podcast. You know a lot about the Indiana market. The Pacers are tied with the Seventy Sixers right now for the third spot in the East. Do you think the Pacers will end this season in the four or the five, or do you think they have what it takes, even with all the injuries, to jump back up to the three and leap Philly? Yeah, I don't. I don't see the Pacers uh, getting that third seed. It's just it's pretty impossible with the schedule they have coming up. Uh, six of their next eight are on the road against playoff teams, and the two games at home are against playoff teams as well. So I mean, they have a really tough schedule. Uh, while Boston and Philadelphia don't have nearly the same schedule, uh, the same strength of schedule as the Pacers do ending the season. So uh, it would be a miracle uh, from God if they got the third seed. But, uh, yeah, I think they're going to fall into that 4-5 spot. It just depends on what Boston does. Boston's been really inconsistent this year. But, um, yeah, I mean, I think the realistic destination is the fifth seed. But if you want to be optimistic, they, they may be able to get the fourth seed. Tim, do you have any questions for Alex after I had to tell him to shut up? No. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't. <laughs> I'm just kidding. All right, so if we if we figure the Pacers are uh, probably going to end up in the five hole, correct? That's what we're right. going to assume. Um, so then they're going to play Boston without uh, home court. Uh, yeah, they got any? Doesn't look do good. They, have, they got? You don't think they they can pull that off? Well, here's what I'll say. I mean, if the Pacers do anything, I think they can make it a seven-game series. Um, it would be hard for me to see them beat Boston. Um, actually, at the beginning of the year, I predicted Boston to represent the Eastern Conference, and I have not come off that ledge yet. I still think that Boston has the the, the talent and the right type of players to beat anybody in the Eastern Conference. So um, while the Pacers are my team and I love rooting for them, you're going up against Kyrie Irving, and while Kyrie Irving has been, you know, the butt of all jokes for the Boston Celtics for the last couple of months, this guy wins games, he hits big shots, and the Pacers do not have a closer. The Pacers would be relying on Bojan Bogdanovic to be closing games out for him with no Oladipo. So, yeah, I mean, sure, Bojan might get hot a couple games, but he can't do it by himself. This is where Boston's talent just overpowers the Pacers, uh, you know, without Oladipo. So, yeah, I mean, if Oladipo was in here, I still would have probably picked the Celtics in a seven-game series. But 
Um, yeah, I mean, the Moses can go with seven games. I would probably pick Boston in six. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it, it'd be a good series for sure. I think the Pacers defensively could cause some problems for Boston. But overall, they're just too talented. All right. So so what if it stays how status quo and Indiana's got home court? Yeah, I mean, that that's an interesting thing as well. Um, if Indiana has home court, oh, man, they would definitely have <laughs> to win all their home games and steal one from Boston. And um, – because obviously they're going to get beat at home eventually in that series. Like I said, Boston's just too talented. I still think that the Pacers would probably lose in six or seven, even if they had the home court advantage. But Bankers Life Fieldhouse is probably one of the best arenas in the NBA. The Pacer fans are awesome. And in playoff games, they're electric. But overall, I mean, the fans can only do so much. They might win them a game or two. But, um, yeah, talent on the court, it's just got to be there. And right now, I don't know if you guys have – been keeping up, but Tyreek Evans uh, once again will not be playing in tomorrow night's game against Oklahoma City Thunder due to personal reasons. Um, his agent has not commented on this, neither has Tyreek, and neither have the Pacers. So it's an interesting situation there. And if Tyreek Evans is not playing for the Pacers, uh, they're just going to be really small in that backcourt with Aaron Holiday and Corey Joseph. So um, don't really see them being able to win a series without a healthy Tyreek Evans and uh, Noah Ladipo. Fair enough. Yeah, that's going to be a, a monumental task because Tyreek was one of the guys they went out and got to come in and, and help, and they had a lot of depth this season and were looking great. And then the injury bug just hit with, with both Sabonis and Oladipo both getting hurt at just very inopportune times. But I like where Indiana's going in the future. But uh, I want to shift gears here just for a minute. Uh, right okay. now in the West, uh, the – the San Antonio Spurs and the Houston Rockets are shifting what's been going on in the Western Conference playoff picture. A few weeks ago, Houston was the five seed, and San Antonio was the eight. Houston has won nine in a row, and they're looking to knock off Golden State tonight. And San Antonio has now won six straight. Houston's now the three seed. San Antonio's the six seed as we sit and look at the playoff picture right now. Do you think either of these teams can make some noise heading forward in the postseason? I know it's all about getting hot at the right time, and we all assume Golden State's still the team to beat, but, you know, Denver's proved to be a good team this season, but Houston's streaking right now with nine straight, San Antonio winning six straight. What what do you think can happen out west with those two teams? Well, I'll start with Houston first. Um, Houston has James Harden, who – is right there for a front runner for MVP with Giannis Antetokounmpo. Uh, it's a two-man race right now with Paul George kind of struggling the last couple of games. I think he's taken himself out of the the picture for the playoff or for the MVP race. But with Houston, uh, you have a guy like James Harden. This is a team that was one game away from the NBA Finals last year. They missed 27 consecutive threes. This team is hungry to get back. We saw this happen to the San Antonio Spurs when uh, Ray Allen hit that miracle shot in the finals, the, the series they should have won, how they came back next year and just dominated the playoffs, dominated the, the heat in, that, in the finals. So, you know, if Houston is wired anything like that, I mean, they can use that loss that they suffered against the Warriors last year to fuel them in this year's playoffs. And so I wouldn't be surprised if they did jump Denver for that number two seed. Uh, Golden State's not been playing well. Denver's been pretty average. Now they're going to have to 
uh, recently, I should say, they've been average. They've been really good all year. But, uh, you know, Isaiah Thomas has been taken out of the rotation for the Denver Nuggets. So they're going back to the rotation they had earlier in the season, which was winning games. And that's a tough call for Michael Malone to make there. Um, As far as San Antonio goes, you just can never count Popovich out. I mean, Popovich can can do anything. He's one of those guys that can actually mix water with oil. I just don't know how he does it. Uh, this roster is <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> They're not great. But, you know, I mean, the Utah Jazz have been sliding a little bit. The Clippers have been playing pretty well. So, you know, if San Antonio gets the, the, the sixth seed and they're playing Houston as the three seed, uh, that'll be probably a four-game sweep. Houston will just knock them out of the water. But if they get matched up with Denver somehow, I think they could beat Denver. It's all just matchup. And I, um, I think they could beat Denver. I think that they would probably give OKC a tough series, but I would still think OKC in that just because they're just too talented. Um, but, yeah, San Antonio, Popovich is just one of those guys. He's, he's a really good coach. They have LaMarcus Aldridge. They have DeMar DeRozan. They've been playing pretty good basketball. So um, you can never count them out, but in a playoff series, I just think talent will, will trump all, and it just depends on the matchup for San Antonio for me. Yeah, I can't argue with that. San Antonio, uh, and even when they lost the, their point guard for the whole season, beginning of the year, they're playing guys like Derek White, and and they're just they're playing Brent players Forbes. that I'm. Yeah, Forbes, and then they've got uh, they've always got a really tall, really good white three point shooter. They've always got that guy, whether it be Matt Bonner. Whether it be, and, and I don't mean that in in a in a bad way, they've got um, right now a shooter out on the wing who just knocks down threes. And every time I watch the Spurs play, it's almost like this guy again. And that's Bertan. <laughs> Bertan can just yeah. stroke it from three, and he's always a good plus minus guy. Last night against the Mavericks, he was plus fifteen. He went three of five from downtown. So this is another guy who. Can shoot, and you know they're playing Forbes. They got Jakob Pertl, Demar Derozan has fit in like a glove there. Everyone's talking about the Raptors, but no one is talking about how well Derozan's doing down there in San Antonio. Uh, Tim, you got another question for Alex? That's that's because he's a crybaby. <laughs> oh, you Canadians! <laughs> Tim is Canadian, so <laughs> no, I, no, I don't think he's a crybaby. That's that's just Toronto's. You know, they got to spin it somehow, right, that they don't miss the guy. So he's crybaby. Um, I was going to go a little further off the block even. Um, as, a, as a guy who covers basketball a lot, how do you feel about, the, the again, the recent rash of uh, guys going at fans and uh, Clay Thompson going at his own fans? And is it, what's, what's wrong with basketball players? Or is it just me because I'm old? Uh, um, I mean, I, I'm I'm only 26, but I I tend to be in the same. Um, I feel kind of the same way with you. Like I I enjoy when fans interact with players. Uh, it's it's fun. I've seen it myself, and and it's it's okay if you're being playful as a fan. I, I do think that what happened in Utah was an unfortunate situation on both ends. Um, what the what the fans said and what the fans' Twitter account shows. Yeah, there's obviously uh, proof that he probably did say some of those things that were recorded. Um, Westbrook was in the wrong too, though. He just kind of took it another level too far, but um, I don't know what it feels like to have racism against me. So I really can't, you know, no, that's, 
Yeah, me me neither, but but don't you think he would have been much better served if he would have looked at that guy and said, you know what, I'm going to shoot threes all night long. I'm going to bury <laughs> your team. This When I'm done, the score is going to be, you know, we're going to win by 50 tonight. Just keep insulting me, and for every time you insult me, I'm, that's another bucket I'm going to lay on you. Well, that's a different generation of guys that are playing. So I think that I guess so. the guys that are – it's it's the social media era. I mean, they. I mean, for crying out loud, Kevin Durant made burner accounts just to go and defend himself about what you know people on Twitter are saying about him. <laughs> Who cares? You're making thirty some million dollars a year. Who cares what some little guy on Twitter with thirty followers is saying about you? Get over yourself. Like you're in the NBA, you're making thirty million dollars a year. You've been back to back MVPs of the finals, just deal with it. I mean, I guess, some of these guys I take things a little bit too personal. Yeah, there's maybe an inherent difference in in a, in a fan telling you, uh, you know, your shot's weak and you suck versus if we're going in the racial direction, which apparently, at least in the Utah story, was was the case. Uh, maybe he's not wrong to blow his top at that guy, but he still could have handled it better. Well, yeah, and I mean – if it were me in that situation, uh, I don't know how I would have responded. I probably would have just almost played tattletale and <laughs> told the ushers because you know everybody's videoing you in today's day and age. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like it go it goes back to the whole James yeah. Dolan thing too. When he walked out, fan recorded him, said, "Hey, sold the team," you know, and he's like, he goes on the radio the next day, ESPN New York, and he's like, "Well, I saw that those fans. I investigated that those fans moved over two sections to say that to me." Dude, who cares if they moved over two sections? You're a billionaire owner of the New York Knicks, Madison Square Garden. You own all these different teams in New York. Who cares if a fan tells you, fan tells you to sell the team? Get over yourself. Like he's like they're so sensitive. It's just like the Charles Oakley thing last year. Uh, he's an idiot. But I mean, I do want to touch on Clay Thompson. <laughs> anyway, he said uh, Clay Thompson is. I don't know what it is with those Warriors. They just seem like they're looking for something to kind of refuel them. They've been to the finals. You know, five straight years, it feels like. It probably is five straight years if we're really counting. So, um, so yeah, but, I mean, honestly, it's like because they're taking the team out of Oakland and they're moving them to San Francisco. So, you know, these Oakland fans are already getting the Raiders taken away from them. Now they're getting the Warriors taken away from them. Maybe they're just kind of, you know, you know over this whole thing of losing their sports teams. I mean, that's, that's kind of what I feel like. Maybe San Francisco uh, natives should just be coming to the Oakland games. I mean, I it's just stupid. I don't know. I, I get tired of hearing people complain about everything. I, I would have liked to have seen some of his, uh, maybe not Thompson's, but Westbrook, some of that fire uh, directed at the court as opposed to uh, the fans. Yeah. I mean, he probably does do that in the game, though. I mean, as crazy as Westbrook he might. is. He might. It's just, I mean, he does he does it. I forget what game it was. I think it was the Blazer game where he was going off against Dame Lillard. They were having a fun little battle back and forth. I mean, he's waving at the fans. I mean, Westbrook is probably one of the most hated players in the NBA. So fans love to give it to him. He loves to give it back. But I, there's a I'm fine line. You don't bring you don't bring race into it. But if you if no, you're having fun with him, I think yeah, you back. Granted, I mean, if you can't find something clever enough to say without going down that road, then you you probably should just sit down. Yeah. The difference between it's, it's, the difference between guys the difference between guys like Russell Westbrook and, and Clay Thompson, Kevin Durant that you were talking about. Um, Russell Westbrook is a villain. He knows it and he loves it, and he does such a good yeah. job at it. Kevin Durant, yeah. Clay Thompson, they want to be loved. 
they're upset that fans are booing them. They're like, what? We're winning. You should love us. When they need to realize the only <laughs> people that love it are Golden State fans. Um, that's just the way it is. And that's just, they right. have not done a good job accepting that villain role. Oh. Oh, Whereas Russell Webb is made If for you it. paid me what those guys get paid, and we went on a podcast in another somewhere where we weren't from, and they booed us, I could care less. Oh, that's Where's me. My, yeah. yeah. My paycheck is, is good still. Yay. And I get to go back home and podcast there tomorrow night. All right. I think I can live with a few boos tonight. <laughs> no, yeah. Not going to bother me too. Not going to bother me too much. At least that's my well, Alex, but Then I'm a, I'm a Canadian, so, you know. Yeah. Well, we boo you anyway, you Canadians. But, Alex, <laughs> I, want, I want to, uh, <laughs> so, yeah, I want okay. to bring up the Los Angeles Lakers, because you can't talk hoof right now without talking about the Los Angeles Lakers. Lonzo oh, Ball's why not? It's done, more fun. Lonzo Ball's done for the year. Brandon Ingram, probably done for the year. LeBron James says he's not shutting it down, even though the Los Angeles Lakers' chances of making the playoffs are slim and none, and slim is uh, not looking too good right now. What's your thoughts on all this drama in Los Angeles? We heard the reports that Magic Johnson was told by a lot of people in the organization that he should re-sign Lopez and Julius Randle. Of course, all this comes out after the Lakers start to suck, and it looks like they're not going to make the playoffs. So it's convenient that it came out then. But he decides to go a different route, gets the veterans and JaVale McGee. Maybe he's looking to free up more cap space for the offseason. But what are your thoughts on that? Should the Lakers have re-signed those players? And what's your thoughts in general on, on this failed experiment this season of the Lakers with LeBron. Yeah, so there's a lot of different directions you can go with this because there are so many things that have happened this season. Um, A pretty interesting stat, if you look over the last five years, the Los Angeles Lakers have the worst win-loss record of any team currently in the NBA right now. It's probably shocking to believe, but um, they've just just not been good, and it it starts from the top down. I mean, you know, we kind of let Jeannie Buss get off the hook here as the owner, but, you know, she fired her brother, basically, and she stepped in, and everybody seems to love her, but she really hasn't done anything. Um, the Lakers really thought they were going to get a second star this season, um, whether it was trading for Anthony Davis or whether it was signing Paul George in free agency, and all they got was LeBron James. And so you basically put him with these young guys to try to build their resumes up so you can trade them for somebody, um, and then when you basically have Rich Paul and Anthony Davis come out and try to force a trade, the Pelicans were not going to trade Anthony Davis to the Lakers, period. I mean, even if they would have sent the five picks and all these players, I think it was more so just the Pelicans saying, screw you guys, we're not trading any of them to you. So uh, as far as the health goes, I mean, I'm a little bit concerned about Brandon Ingram with these blood clots uh, that ended Chris Bosh's career. And as far as Brandon Ingram, the player, he was really coming on of a late and I think that he actually would have been their best trade chip. But if he's got these injuries, that hurts his value as well in a trade, and I hate to look at it like that, but it is what it is. Um, Lonzo Ball, um, ankle injury, it, it, it sucks because when he was on the court, that team was a lot better. As much as people like to make fun of Lonzo Ball and his dad and everything that they stand for, the kid's a good basketball player, and he's a really good defender. And I like I like watching him and LeBron play together. It just it just sucks that they weren't able to do that. But as far as what Palinka and Magic Johnson did after bringing in um, 
LeBron James, every single move they made made zero sense. Uh, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, not a very good basketball player. JaVale McGee, uh, not a very good basketball player. Lance Stevenson, you know, you're getting a bunch of guys around LeBron that can't shoot the basketball, and that's what, you know, the teams that have won championships with LeBron have had. They've all had elite-level shooters. You bring Rajon Rondo, Michael Beasley. I mean, th- these are guys that were, were not on teams for a certain reason. And then they go <laughs> before the trade deadline, and they trade their young guy for Mike Muscala. I mean, and, and that guy is starting now for the Clippers. I'm spacing his name right now for some reason. But, um, Zubak. You know, you, 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 Zubak, okay, that's right, that's right. So, yeah, so they traded Zubac for Mike Muscala, and Mike Muscala is terrible. I mean, they're playing Mo Wagner from Michigan over him right now in the rotation. They bring in Tyson Chandler. I mean, this team has been pieced together by one-year deals. Um, it's just interesting because LeBron James, for the first time in a long time, signed a three-year deal with the Lakers. So maybe he knew that this would be a long-term process of getting guys here. I don't think that he expected his team to be this bad. But with the guys around him, I mean, this was not a roster built to succeed. And they did get Reggie Bullock, who I think was a decent pickup. But other than that, the moves they made were pretty atrocious. And if they would have just even kept Brooke Lopez, I mean, not even Julius Randle, but if they would have kept Brooke Lopez, they would have had their answer at center. They wouldn't have had to go out and get Tyson Chandler or JaVale McGee. And it, it, it all just started from the beginning of the season trying to bring Kyle Kuzma off the bench as a starting center. I mean, they just it's, – it's just, it is what it is. Rob Polinka was a sports agent, no experience in general managing. Same with Magic Johnson. Magic Johnson thinks he's going to get guys there just because of his name, and it didn't work out. And so now they're actually going to have to work hard at being good GMs. And um, maybe, maybe they'll do it, but maybe they won't. So uh, Luke Walton gets a lot of blame here too. I'm not a huge Luke Walton fan. But it is not his fault this team is where they are today. And maybe getting a different coach in would change the change the scenery for the team. But uh, it, it really doesn't matter to me. This team is just not constructed properly. And I think if you blame anybody for the the failing season of the Lakers, it starts with Jeannie Buss down to Magic Johnson and Palinka. And then you go from there. So that that's just my take on the whole Lakers thing. What do you think about LeBron's, quote, defense, or maybe we should say lack thereof, uh, so far this season that he's been playing. Of course, I'm pointing it out now, and it's become really evident as of late. But is it? Did he not? Is it just me, or did he really never play defense in the regular season? Yeah, he always usually guards the worst player on the other end of the court, and he'll occasionally go in for you know rebounds or block shots, like a weak side block or something like that. But most of the time, LeBron James, uh, he just I don't know how to say this without being kind of critical of him. He just he takes it easy in the regular season. And you could do that in the Eastern Conference for so many years. I mean, there was no real threat. This is, I mean, you see what the Eastern Conference did this year once LeBron left. I mean, all these teams start making big moves because they feel like they finally have a chance. Now, now LeBron goes to L.A. and he's thinking, oh, I can do the same thing I did in the East. Well, there's about 12 good teams out in the Western Conference compared to the four that were in the Eastern Conference last season. So, yeah, it's uh, – it's interesting. I, maybe he should have stayed in the Eastern Conference and stayed with the Cavaliers for another season. But at the end of the day, I mean, his defense, it just hasn't been there in the regular season the last couple of years. He did say that he was going to activate playoff mode after the All-Star break. Well, um, mission mission failed, LeBron. Uh, <laughs> you can take that P off of playoff mode. It looked like layoff mode, you know. 
So well, when you when you have Kyle Kuzma pushing you into defensive positions, <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Well, I mean, and he caused a bunch of the issues there himself. You know, he yeah. people can say what they want. You know, with him and Rich Paul, that's his best friend. That's his agent that owns Clutch. You know, LeBron obviously mm-hmm. has his hand in there somehow. People can deny it all they want, but he knew they were going to try to go get Anthony Davis, and by basically saying you're going to trade your entire team for Anthony Davis, um, when you're young and you care what people think about which, what's going on and if you care about whether the Lakers trade you or not, like if I was a young guy like that, I would actually be happy that I might be getting out of L.A. Um, to, go, to go play for an organization that actually wants me there and isn't just going to use me as, as bait to, to go get a superstar player because – these guys are young. I think that that's one thing that we overlook. I mean, Brandon Ingram's 21, Lonzo Ball's 20, Kuzma's 22. I mean, these are all really young players that aren't even close to their prime. And if you put them in a situation like New Orleans with a good coach in Alvin Gentry and a solid veteran in Drew Holiday, I mean, these guys could could flourish. And Julius Randle's already down there too, guys, a guy they're familiar with. So, yeah, it might be a little bit different change of scenery for him, but I really think that LeBron and his uh, unwillingness to be patient with this roster really has screwed this entire season up for the Lakers. Um, but yeah, it, there's a lot of factors that go into this. We could probably spend a whole entire hour breaking down what's happened with the Lakers, but there's my little short abridged version in the last five minutes. <laughs> Tim, do you got any more questions for Alex? LeBron is a team wrecker. Well, this, this is definitely something you could add into the debate between him versus Michael Jordan. Um, Drama to oh, LeBron wherever he goes. Yeah, no, <laughs> that's the good thing that's that's pointless. But but I mean let's let's be honest. Let's look at it just purely as for what it's been this year. He was going to go yeah. there, and they were going to win. Basketball people went. Oh, he may go there, but that roster is not really that great. They're not going to win. Mm-hmm. Then as the year went by it became apparent that that roster was with him particularly was even, you may argue worse for whatever reason. And now they're, they're, they're on the verge of almost being horrible. I mean, this is what the Lakers are going to miss is like what, six years in a row now or five, yeah. no playoffs, no playoffs for the Los Angeles Lakers. That that's not acceptable yeah. if I, or shouldn't be. I mean, what are they becoming the New York Knicks? I wouldn't go that far. I mean, they got LeBron. The Knicks haven't got anybody. <laughs> you know, Knicks, Knicks West. I mean, I, I don't know. When I look at that, I look at that team and I see LeBron James, and I think, I'm not a big LeBron guy. But I mean, you can't argue. Yeah, sure am I. I'm an Indiana yeah, guy. I hate LeBron. Yeah, you you can't argue what what I mean. If they told you tomorrow he was going to play for the Pacers, I don't think he'd be. Well, maybe bring him on, baby. Let's do it. Yeah, no. yeah. I, I, I'm thinking you're probably not going to be that upset about that. And yet, somehow, for some reason this year, that I don't know what it is, but when I watch them, he infuriates me. And like that whole, I'm going to roll the ball up the court and not touch it thing, and let's just pretend it's not there. And then I'm going to, bo- I watched him botch it two or three times. <laughs> and it's just like, hey, what the hell? Is, why is he not doing what LeBron James does? And he doesn't seem yeah. to be this year. Like he's disinterested, maybe. I, I don't know. Maybe he's just got finally the pile of money got big enough. He's maybe preparing for his career outside of basketball when he's done. 
I'm not sure, but that's not a LeBron James that's going to take any team anywhere, the one that we're seeing right now. Yeah, no, you make a great point there, um, especially with – this was more so a business decision than it was a basketball decision. There's no doubt about that. Um, starring in Space Jam 2, uh, he's already got his TV show, The Barbershop, um, all these different restaurants that he's owning. I mean, LeBron is preparing for post-NBA stuff right now, and, you know, I mean, it's it's cool to play for the Lakers. Every great player does. I mean – the, the top guys we talk about for who's the best player in the league, I mean, have pretty much all played for the Lakers outside of Jordan. So, uh, yeah, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting take for LeBron to be there and what exactly he has done this season and how he's felt. I, I do believe that that groin injury he suffered in uh, on Christmas Day that affected this team's chemistry. I, I was a believer in the Lakers before the season started just because I've seen what LeBron's done in the East. I felt like the Lakers would somehow find a way to make a move. That was my biggest takeaway was I felt like the Lakers were going to make a move, and I thought the Pelicans would actually make a move as well to put guys around Anthony Davis. I did not expect Davis to go to the Lakers this season. Uh, maybe in a couple years I could have seen it, but, yeah, they both kind of screwed me. I had the, I had them both making the playoffs before the season started. Not afraid to admit it now. Um, but yeah, it's 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 pretty shameful that LeBron James kind of handled himself this way. Uh, this is a different LeBron than we've seen in any uh, prior season. Maybe he just saw the writing on the wall and decided not to give it 110% like he usually does uh, come crunch time. So yeah, not a, not a great season for LeBron. And if he makes an All NBA team, I'll be completely shocked. Uh, the stats are padded, and I would hate for a guy to get gypped for making an all-NBA team because uh, uh, an analyst for ESPN is too afraid to vote against LeBron. Yeah. I mean, they already did it in the all-star game, in my opinion. He had no business for me. Well, maybe that was the, the fan vote. Maybe on the, yeah, maybe on the team, but not captain and all that nonsense. Yeah, well, I mean, he did have the most votes out of anybody. So the fans kind of dictated popular. that. Yeah, he is popular. There's no, he, can't, he can't deny that. Especially in L.A., I mean, he just got even more followers. So, uh, But, yeah, I mean, Luka Doncic was, I think, third in fan votes, and he didn't even make the game, which I thought was ridiculous. But, <laughs> yeah. but LeBron, uh, LeBron and Space Jam, LeBron and Space Jam 2, it'll be, you're going to see a bunch of grown men go see the movie in Monstar jerseys. Uh, <laughs> a lot of people can't stand <laughs> That is uh, hysterical. Yeah. Oh man! I got one more question for you, Alex. Before, uh, unless Tim has another one, Tim, you got another no, one? Yeah, no, I'm good. I, I picked on LeBron enough. All right, my last question is: What about Serge Ibaka, Marquise Chris? This brawl for all that broke for you WWE fans out there that broke out up in Toronto uh, with Ibaka basically trying to choke Chris and throwing punches and. Ibaka gets suspended three games without pay. Chris only gets one one game without pay. But, I mean, Chris, I think, was kind of justified in defending himself because Ibaka was coming at him like he had – like like Chris had hopped a fence and was uh, in the Jaguar pit to kind of throw on real life there. <laughs> but uh, it was a wild mess. So what's your thoughts on Ibaka? And, and now what does that mean for Mark Gasol as he moves into that starting center role for a few games? Well, I mean, I I mean, the thing is, the Cavaliers ended up beating the Raptors by 25 points that game. 
Uh, if you're getting beat by a, a team that's tanking by that many points, I'm sure you're going to get frustrated, especially if you're a young guy like Marquise Chris, uh, who's not really – he's been kind of passed around from, from Phoenix to – to Houston now, to Cleveland, you know, he's just trying to make a name for himself. And so going up against a guy like Serge Ibaka, who's one of the better big men in the in the Eastern Conference, you know, he's probably running his mouth a little bit. And just, I mean, he obviously had to do something to provoke Ibaka to go after him. Uh, I, didn't, I didn't really read into it too much. Ibaka does have a pass with fighting, though. I mean, that's why he got suspended three games. He uh, started this entire thing. The sad thing is he didn't even – connect on any of his punches and he threw like three of them. So uh, Serge Ibaka might need to get into the, uh, to the weight room and, and work on his punching game a little bit better. Those were nice throws, but if you can't connect, you probably shouldn't be throwing any. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, the, the whole choking thing, I thought it was funny. Um, the whole fight to me just kind of made me laugh. It's like, you know, this is what, you know, we hate to see now, I guess, in the NBA. But if you're a nineties fan, this is awesome stuff. You know, Guys going at it. Guys don't like each other. I'm all for it. I wish we had more rivalries in the NBA. Everybody's buddy-buddy now. Everybody wants to play together. I uh, I miss the days when guys wanted to go up against one another. But, yeah, um, as far as Marcus Sorry. starting, I, I, yeah, I mean, it's just kind of annoying. It's too soft. That's why I like guys like Pat Beverly who aren't afraid to go out there and tell his team he's guarding LeBron and he's going to be breathing on him the whole entire time down the court. Uh, you know, just just guys that like to wreak havoc in the NBA. I love it. But as far as Gasol starting, I mean, it really is just going to depend on, in the playoff series, you know, who they're playing against. Um, I guess a team like Milwaukee, you probably want to back out there, guarding Brooke Lopez on the three-point line. But if they're playing Philadelphia, Marcus Saul matches up very well against Joel Embiid. This was a trade that, they, that the, the Raptors made, in my opinion, to be versatile. I mean, Pascal Siakam can play the small ball five, uh, but if you want to go big with Ibaka and Marcus Gasol as well, I mean, Gasol can hit the three-point shot. He can play in the post. He's a good post defender. Um, I think he just kind of got overlooked in Memphis the last couple of years because they've been trying to tank. Um, he just wasn't having fun being in a losing organization. But now that he's on a winner, uh, Toronto's kind of being slept on right now. They're not playing great basketball as of late. But come playoff time, I mean, I really think that they could be the team that comes out of the Eastern Conference just because of the, the different matchups they can play against one another. They they just have so many pieces on the chessboard to move where, you know, teams like Philadelphia and Milwaukee only have certain moves they can make because if you take Giannis off of Milwaukee, uh, that's a pretty average team, and they're not going to win very many games without Giannis there. Um, as far as Philadelphia goes, their bench is completely awful. So if Gasol or Ibaka is coming off the bench, they're going to dominate Amir Johnson – or Boban, whoever out there is trying to guard uh, Gasol or Ibaka. So, yeah, I mean, I really think that depth-wise, Toronto's got the deepest team in the Eastern Conference, and, you know, adding Marcus Gasol was a huge upgrade, and they didn't even hardly give up anything to get him. So, so yeah, I mean, Serge Ibaka uh, obviously is a little bit quicker on his feet. So, yeah, when he comes back, I wouldn't expect Gasol to take a starting position. I think Gasol's getting used to coming off the bench, but – in the moment, I really do think that Gasol will be uh, – he'll work for those three games that Ibaka is out. I mean, I'm not too worried about it. Gasol's a, a really talented all-star, even though he's getting past his prime. All right. Well, Alex, thanks so much for jumping on with us here on Wide Man Can Jumble. Would you let our listeners know where they can find you? Yeah, you guys can uh, follow me on Twitter at AlexGoldenNBA. And if you enjoy NBA podcasts, we have a weekly – 
um, NBA show. We have four shows that come out Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Friday. Um, if you guys are interested in that, one covers the NBA draft. We have one that covers the Eastern Conference and then just two regular NBA shows. So uh, still looking to get that Western Conference show up on Thursdays. Um, I've had some technical difficulties and uh, some situations there with our with our staff. But hopefully we'll get that up and running, um, and hopefully you guys check that out as well. And uh, I really appreciate you guys having me on. It's a lot of fun. No, no problem. Anytime. Thanks again for jumping on, and we'll get you on here again probably within the – the next couple months or so. Okay. Sounds good. Just give me a buzz. Will do. Thanks again, Alex. All right. See you guys. And that was our interview with Alex Golden going around the league. And Tim... It's almost that time. Damn me, I love me some Alex Golden. Yes, he's fantastic. A couple things here we want to bring up before we wrap up tonight's show. The Philadelphia 76ers and the Boston Celtics just went final uh, a little bit ago. Philly wins 118-115. That was a big win for them. But uh, a couple things I do want to bring up. Take a guess how many bench points Philly had tonight. 40. No. Two. Eight. <laughs> oh, two was closer than the party. It was. Boy, <laughs> yes, Boban not, had two, James Ennis had two, and Scott had four. Um, wow. Yeah. And Embiid did have a great night, 37, 37 points and 22 rebounds. Good Lord. Whew. That's <laughs> it. Uh, Jimmy Butler turned it. Jimmy Butler turned it on late, uh, as he shot forty-one percent from the field tonight. He had twenty-two, kind of put the game out of reach. Reddick had seventeen. Simmons had thirteen, eight, and seven. Simmons finishes at plus twelve. Embiid at plus twelve and the plus minus. Um, here was a glaring statistic for me: Philadelphia shot very well from the free throw line. 90%, 39 of 43. So they shot 43 well, free throws. Okay, Boston. Boston went 13 of 16 from the free throw line tonight. 43 to 16 on free throws. And 11, Tom, 11 of the free throws were from Kyrie Irving. Tom Robinson must have been around from that game in Philadelphia. <laughs> it kind of... Kind of lopsided there a little bit on the free throw well, line. A little but bit. A little bit. Um, a little bit. That's a pretty major discrepancy. But and Kyrie finished yeah. with 36. Rozier had 20. Horford had 22. Tatum, 13. Uh, and you know the difference in the game was the three missed free throws from the Celtics. If they'd have made those three free throws, we'd have been tied. So make your free throws, kids. Oh, little freebies, yep. Gotta get those yep. three. Even though you only shot take. sixteen of them, and the other team shot forty-three, you got to make them. So uh, a good night, a good right night back. for good night for seventy-sixer fans. And if you're a Pacers fan, that's got to make you happy as well. Uh, the Pacers having a rough stretch here. Of the schedule they will play um, Golden State, I believe, is their next game. Philly has clinched a playoff berth along with Toronto, and Milwaukee. In the West, Golden State and Denver have clinched playoff berths already. 
Um, still a little bit of a race in the East for the final playoff spots. Uh, the West is almost pretty much said and done for. Uh, Boston will fall to 43 and 28. I believe they've, yes, 43 and 28. Philly has won five in a row. They go to 46 and 25 on the season. So, good win there. The Thunder are getting ready to play the Raptors. So, that should be a fun game to watch. Also, right now, Arizona State, uh, last I saw, was taking it. Taking it to St. John's, and they are. It's 35-17, Arizona State. I have have it on right now. So far, it looks like St. John's just does not have the hoop spot to stick with Arizona State. But we'll see. It's still early yet. And we have... uh, we're inching closer to over 60 here in our bracket pool. We're very, very close to hitting that mark. So make sure you join the Wide Men Can't yeah. Jump pod. Actually, we have hit 60, according to this. So uh, congratulations. We've hit 60. Woo-hoo. So that's so fantastic got, news there. Have we, have we got five minutes yet so that I can dazzle yeah. you with my brewing? All yeah, right. yeah. Let's go ahead and do that. Go ahead. Okay. Let's, let's do the. This is the NCAA name game. Okay. These people all exist. They're all real people. But okay. you have to tell me whether they're NCAA players in this year's tournament or not. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Let's start out with Francesco Badocchio. <laughs> uh, I'll go with he's in the tournament. You are correct. He plays for Virginia. All right. All right. Now, what about Joe Bastardi? I'm going to go with no, not in the tournament. You are correct. He is actually a TV weatherman with the name of Joe. Bastardi. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. Good okay. Uh, what about Jack Salt? Jack Salt. I feel like I've heard that name before, so I'm going to go with in the tournament. He also plays for Virginia. Very good name. Yeah. Uh, what about I've heard that Tennessee name. Owens? Tennessee Owens? Yes. Nobody names their kid Tennessee anymore, so I'm going to go with not in the tournament. He is in the tournament playing for New Mexico uh, State. Tennessee He's plays back. for New Mexico. Okay. Yeah, that's something. What about Tim Tootin? <laughs> Run that by me again. Tim Tootin. <laughs> we'll go within the tournament. Would you believe that that is not? But well, he is a TV reporter. Wow. <laughs> taking one on the team, Tim Tootin. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I think you All right. What about Max Hazard? In the tournament. Yes, plays for UC Irvine Ant Eaters. What a name. Gotta love the Ant Eaters. The Ant Eaters. What about Storm Murphy? Run that by me again. Storm Murphy. That sounds like a basketball player's name. So I'm going to go within the tournament. He plays for Wofford, correct. All right. What about Doc Stirrup? Not in the tournament. No, but would you believe he is a member of the UK House of Lords and his name is is Doc Stirrup. Jeez. And that's so close to Jock's graph that it's not even. <laughs> I love that one. 
All right. What about uh, what about Bean Morgan? So crazy that it has to be in the tournament. Is in fact fake. That is a social media cat. Believe it or not. Damn. Damn. Uh, all right. Keeping in the jock theme. What about Jock Perry? Jock Perry. Sure, in the tournament. You are correct, sir. He plays for St. Mary's. Three yeah. to go. Three to go, and two of them are just doozies. Uh, okay. Young Boozer. That may be Carlos Boozer's brother, so I'm going to go with uh, in the tournament. He is not, and that was what got me. He is actually an Alabama politician. <laughs> Lord. <laughs> You think you changed your name too? Uh, you all right, two to go, two to go. Jazz Johnson. Mm, in the tournament. You are correct. Plays for Nevada. All right, all right. And the last one that I have to admit, I really had to think about. Joel Roller Coaster. Not in the tournament. No way. <laughs> no, that's fake. But would you believe it's a college professor? Whose name I is can Joel, Joel Rollercoaster. Well, I knew a guy oh, yeah, whose name was I knew a guy whose name was True Love Story. That's and, and that's honestly, that was his name. Oh my uh, God. that's for another day. But uh we want to thank you guys for tuning in and listening here to our NCAA oh, man, tournament we and we didn't do Bush League, we didn't do draft day. Good I'm Lord. sorry. It'll be back next our week. Fans are going to revolt. Uh, we'll have it week. back next week. We'll have it back next week. We promise. Wasn't a lot of Bush it. League plays. There's going to be a lot of Bush League plays from the tournament, so I'm going to try and save yeah, it up just, a little bit. I was going to say, can we do NCAA Bush League? There's going to be a lot Absolutely, of we can. Absolutely, we can. Uh, but you've been listening, Wide Men Can't Jump. Be sure to check us out at widemencantjump.com. Join our Wide Men Can't Jump tournament pool, ESPN's tournament challenge, Wide Men Can't Jump pod. Just click join, one entry per person. Thanks to our sponsors, New Law Office, Cambay.com, and MyBookie. Um, if you listen to, if you try to listen to us on Podbean, there's been a problem that I just can't figure out what's going on. We're not available on that platform right now, so I apologize to you for that. I've really been having an issue with Podbean. Haven't been able to figure out why, um, but it's not showing us on there anymore. So we do apologize. I'm going to try and fix that as soon as I can. Uh, there's it's been really a, a headache to deal with. So, uh, but we're still on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and available on WideMenCan'tJump.com if you want to hear us. Uh, join us and follow us on Twitter. We're at Wide Jump. Make sure you check us out over on Facebook. We got the Wide Men Can't Jump Facebook group where we talk all things. And I want to give a shout out here real quick. Uh, Tim, you've been doing a great job with your hockey handicapping. Uh, this year, yeah, you're yeah. taking the money lines, and you're you got like a fantastic record. Uh, you've done great. I've been trying to do the uh, against the spread, and been having a rough time. But my guy T Lang out there, that's at bht bht pub. He and I have been uh, going back and forth on Twitter, talking some spreads and taking oh. some uh, taking some winners here and there. Yeah, I went four and zero last night. I saw some what of is his it? tweets. I saw some of his tweets. He looks like he was uh, doing all right. Yeah, yeah, he's doing pretty good, and he's uh, following my advice. And uh, well, 
I'll see how see hey, how far hey, that gets. Uh, I assume. <laughs> I mean, anyway, well, right, hey, anyway. I'm thirty. I'm, I'm thirty games over five hundred. I don't want to hear. Yeah, it. Oh, no. <laughs> 30, hey, 30 games over 500 against the spread? Yeah. <laughs> try it if you think it's easy. Go go ahead. Yeah, if you, if you think it's you're, easy, you like, try and do it. It's not easy. Yeah. yeah, be my guest and uh, put your money where your mouth is. Yeah, there. and uh, I'll be checking checking the scores tonight, too. So be sure to check us out again. Thanks, everybody, for listening. Thanks to our guest, Alex Golden, Rafi Wong. Thanks to Lou. Thanks for listening to the NCAA Tournament Talk. We'll be back at the end of this week. Tim and I will get together and we'll chat and uh, we'll figure out what we, really, we need to Yeah, to we really at. probably got to try to go Friday night or else there's going to be too much to... Yeah, to, Friday. If, yeah, if a guy, doesn't, if a guy doesn't go till Saturday or Sunday, good Lord, you're going to have two rounds, two and a half rounds yeah. to cover. I, I, think, I, think Friday, I think Friday night will probably be the best way to go, maybe around 8 o'clock, 9 o'clock. Uh, um, to yeah, talk, sounds good to talk, me. As, all right. We'll figure it out. I'll be in touch. But, uh, thank you. Thanks for listening. And uh, thank you guys one more time. Tim, send it home, man. Yeah, I guess I, I've got to wrap this up. Um, people, tonight, kiss your wives and your children. Say goodbye to your job. You might keep your dog. Be prepared to go into that tunnel for the next couple of weeks, which is the NCAA Final four. True. Don't forget. Yeah, don't forget to love love your family and all that, but they're probably not going to be happy with you. It's not too late to run out and stack, you know, get the snacks all stacked up. Get ready to go so you don't miss anything. I will be up and on the TV from the from the drop of the ball. Uh, the way they're doing it up here in Canada this year is they're going to do uh, the first round. They're not going to show a whole games up here. They're just going to go – from game to game to game to game to game. Switch coverage. That's cool. Yeah, they're going to call it switch coverage. So whatever's going on that's more important, that's what you're going to get to see, or tighter games or whatever. So I'm looking forward to that. Um, yeah, and, yeah. On that and on that note, I got I got one more message. If we're ready to call it a night. All right. All right. Uh, yeah, I know you. Yeah, you can talk. Infinite little pleasure. Anyway, here you go. <laughs> Hello, Nate. It's me. Hey. Little Sia, as I, I'm getting bigger because, boy, do we spend a lot of time eating up here in Canada. It's amazing. <laughs> anyway, I just wanted to tell everybody, can you believe these people got cable with the entire NCAA tournament available? My Tim don't make me go to school because he's not learning this for fools. But anyway, so I'm going to stay home and watch the tournament with my new stepdaddy, Timmy, because uh, my real dad, Tom Robinson, I can't find him. He don't call me. I- I'm starting to think that maybe I'm not really Tom Robinson's son. I think I might be Nate Bush's, because I like basketball a lot, and I like to eat Easy. much more than Tom Robinson. And I do Easy, not man. have any great, I have no great love for the Eagles or the 76ers. In fact, I think they're both. <laughs> with that being said, I'm going to fill up my bracket tomorrow. Look for it. Middle TR's bracket. I am going to run the field, and I'm definitely going to beat that deadbeat dad of mine, Tom Robbins. So with that, <laughs> on that note, peace out from Canada. I ain't even got to say it. That's just something they know. Thanks for listening to the Wide Men Radio Network located at blogtalkradio.com and at widemencantjump.com. Be sure to check out our blogs over at widemencantjump.com and also be sure 
to check out all the other shows that we put out. You can find us on iTunes, Podcast Addict, Stitcher, Google Play, FM Flash, iHeartRadio, and anywhere you find your favorite podcast. Also, at WideBeanCanShum.com. Visit our store and buy some new t-shirts. They're available now in all sizes. This show is brought to you by the Law Offices of Stephen P. New at NewLawOffice.com and by Cambay.com. Be sure to visit Cambay.com and use promo code WIDEBEN to get 20 free credits on your purchase. Thanks for listening again, and we'll see you next time for the next episode on the Wide Men Radio Network.